All right, we're going to do Daf Yud Gimel. Just in order to understand Daf Yud Gimel, we have to remember what the Mishnah said all the way back on Yud Aleph Amid Beis. So we were talking, how in the world do you fix a closed Mava? A closed Mava, again, there are three walls, and only the fourth side is open to the street. So we had uh, three of Machlokas, Bisham said Alechi and Akara, Beisil said either Alechi or Akara, and Rabbi Lazar says two Lechis. Then the Gemara says that there was one time uh, there was some student who quoted Rabbi Yishmael in front of Rabbi Akiva that the Machlokas Bisham and Beisil was only if the Mavoi is between four Amos and ten Amos. But if it's, uh, if it's, if it's less than that, that everybody agrees that you only need Olachi Yavakara. Bisham is only strict if it's more than four Amos. That was what this Talmud quoted Rabbi Yishmael in front of Rabbi Akiva. And the Mishnah then says, no, 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 Rabbi Akiva says that they argue in both cases. Bisham is you need Olachi Yavakara even if the entrance is less than four Amos. That's what he told the Talmud. So the Gemara picks up here, right on the, uh, the top, of Yud Gimel and Aleph, Rabbi Akiva Hanu Tanakama. Rabbi Akiva is just reiterating whatever the Tanakama said. In other words, the Tanakama already said that Rabbi, like unequivocally, Bishama always says you need Lachavikar. The Tanakama did not distinguish between if it's less than four Amas or more than four Amas. Then we have this, this Talmud who says differently. So why is Rabbi Akiva repeating the statement of the Tanakama? It sounds like there's something different between him and the first Tana, the way he presented the Machlokas Bishama and Bishal. So the Gemara answers, The difference between them is Rav Akhli, and some people say Rav Akhil said. This was stated in yesterday's daf that even if we say that less than four Amos does need to be fixed, um, but is there any minimum amount that you don't have to fix anything? So he said that if it's less than four Tfachim, then it's Be'etzim, it's essentially just, that's what it is, it's a Pesach without fixing anything. But we don't know, is this a true point or not? So that could be what Rabbi Akiva and the Tanakhama are disputing. Are disputed. Well, the Gemara says below Misaimi. We don't know which way hills what. Meaning, and this is a strange thing here about the Gemara. There's no indication to this machlokas. It's just that Rabbi Akiva is reiterating exactly what the Tanakhama said. So there must be he's hinting, he's alluding to some dispute between them. But the dispute isn't really in their words. In other words, they're arguing the Talmud is presenting that the machlokas only between four and ten amas, but less than four amas. that you only need now, Rabbi Akiva is reiterating, no, I disagree. I hold like the Tanakama that the Machlokas is even less than four Amos. Okay, why is he repeating? The Tanakama already said such a point. Must be, he's making this like hint that there's something else that can be disputed. We don't know if he's being linear or he's being stringent, but there's something else that's being disputed, which is what if it's the entrance itself is less than four Tzvachim? Do we still say if it's less than four Tzvachim? that it requires anything at all, or maybe since it's less than four tzvachim, it's bad a Pesach, and no fixing whatsoever is required. Says the Gemara, Tanya Amr Bikiva, Rabbi Kiva now says in a brisa, Lo Amr Bishmol Davrzeh, Rabbi Shmuel never said such a thing. Meaning this Talmud is saying over Bisham Rabbi Shmuel, less than four Amos, Bishami agrees, no, no way Rabbi Shmuel ever said such a thing. He's saying like, Rabbi Shmuel would never make such a mistake. Ella, oh, so Talmud Amr Davrzeh, Amr Davrzeh, must be that the, the Talmud made it up by himself, Allah goes with Talmud, but, then Rabbi Kiva says the halacha is like the Talmud. So the Gemara says, "How guva kasha?" This is contradicting itself one line to the next. First, you say, "Amar Rabbi Shmuel davar zeh." First, Rabbi Kiva's response is, "There's no way Rabbi Shmuel would ever say that." Clearly, the pshat is he holds that it's not true. Amar leisilchos akavase. We don't pass him like that. And then the Brisa says, Rabbi Kiva says, "Actually, halacha is like the Talmud, and it makes sense that um, less than four amos, Bishamah would agree." So which one is it? Less than four amos, do we assume Bishamah does agree or not? So the Gemara says, "My Vidar Mashmuel, very fascinating same thing here. Really, Lo Amr Rabbi Akiva Ella Lechadid Ba Talmidim. When Rabbi Akiva said that the halacha followed the Talmud, it wasn't true. Really, he he suspected Rabbi Shmuel never said it because it's not true. Even less than four Amos Bishamai says you need a lachay Yakara. You know why he said the halacha is like the Talmud to make him feel good a little bit. He wanted to praise the kid to make sure that uh, the students felt good and they're confident in their learning abilities. So he praised him, even though the reality is that when he heard it, he said, "No way, Rabbi Shmuel would ever make such a mistake." 
Says the Gemara, a different version. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Amar Nirin Itmar. We just said, like, it appears. Uh, it's like, it appears like what the Talmud said. But the reality is the halacha is not like that. Amar Rabbi Yishuah ben Levi. Kol makam, anytime that you find in the Gemara, Shata Moseh Mishum Rabbi Yishmael, Amar Talmud Achlam Rabbi Akiva. Whenever you find a Talmud quoting Rabbi Yishmael in the presence of Rabbi Akiva, you know who that Talmud is. Eino Ella Rabbi Meir. It's a reference to the Tanah Rabbi Meir. Why? Shishim is Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Rabbi Akiva. He was the one Talmud who both, he had, um, he studied both by Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Akiva. So what often he would quote in the name of Rabbi Yishmael over to Rabbi Akiva. It says the Gemara Titania, it says in a bright summer, Rabbi Meir, when I was learning by Rabbi Yishmael, he was a sofer, and he used to put kankantum into the ink. So kankantum is a special thing, and exactly what it is, but some sort of ingredient that it put into the ink, and then the ink, nothing will ever happen. It's like makes it permanent that it can never be erased. And he thought, well, that was a good thing. He never said anything was wrong with it, meaning Rabbi Yishmael had no problem with me putting that into the ink. When I came to learn Tyre by Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said, you're not allowed to do such a thing, and we'll see why, coming up in the Gemara, there's an objection from Rabbi Akiva to putting the Kankantum into the ink. So first the Gemara is just asked, we try to get the... Um, some facts are seems to be contradictory here. So Mar says, Eni is this is this factual account correct? He says, When I was learning by Rabbi Akiva, I used to put the Kankantum in the in the Diovel and Rabbi Akiva was okay with it. Then I came to Rabbi Shmal, Amrali, he said, like my son, it's obviously an enduring enduring term. What work do you do? Amartilo, I said, Lavlar, Ani. I'm a sofer. Amarli, he said, You have to be very careful with your job. Because your job is the work of heaven. Maybe what would happen if you would leave out one letter? Or maybe add one letter? It's like destroying the entire world. And there are different things, different mistakes Rashi goes through. How even just one letter in the Torah can change the entire meaning, throw it off, alter everything, and by doing that, it's a horrible mistake. So you have to be very careful, he's saying, when you're so fair that you make no mistakes whatsoever. So Rabbi Meir says back, I have something, I have a special secret called kankantum, I put into the ink. So obviously it doesn't really seem to be a response to the question. We'll see in the Gemara. Amar Ali, Rabbi Shmuel said, Are you allowed to true to do that? You're, 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 you know, bragging that you're doing that. You're such a good sofer. I wonder whether you're, whether or not you're really allowed to do that. Amar they're talking about the sota. So the sota, you take a megillah sota. You take the, um, you take a, a a piece of parchment that has the the words of the sota, the curse of the sota from Parshas Naso written on them, and you dissolve it into the water. So what's the din? If you have to dissolve, it must be that the writing of the Megillah of the Sota has to be able to be dissolved. So you can't put Kankantum because, because if you put it, it's not going to be able to be erased. And if it can't be erased, then it's no good. So Rabbi Yishmael is not happy. Um, so Rabbi Yishmael was not happy with writing the, the Torah with Kankantum. Now the question is, just to understand something, okay, so that's the Parsha of Sota. Theoretically, you're erasing that Parsha of the Torah for a sota, then that parsha would have to be a ksav that can be erased. But what about the other sections of the Torah? I mean, you don't erase them ever. So is there any reason why that can be written? So that's machlokas tanom. Some people say, you could. The objection of writing kakantim is only for those psalkim and parshas nasa. Other Rishonim say, maybe no, it's a that you might come to do it. So we say, now there's a din that any writings in the Torah, you're not allowed to write, you're not allowed to put kakantim in. Okay. So, for, so, so this is the end of our music. So before the Gemara is going to deal with the contradiction in the Bryce, first we want to just understand the dialogue between Rabbi Shmuel and Rameir, right? Rabbi Shmuel says 
to him, what, what's your job? He says he's a sofer, so Rabbi Shmuel says you gotta be so careful. Right, what if you add one letter or take away a letter? And then what's Rameir's response? Rameir's response is, oh, I have a concantum. What does the concantum have to do with the, with the question? My What did Rabbi Shmuel say to Rameir and what did Rameir say back? So says, is what Rameir meant to say. Don't even worry about me taking out a letter or adding a letter. I'm a total expert in how to write every single letter. Even for the possibility that a fly might come and scratch out. He might come sit on top of the crown, one of the crowns of the Dalit, and erase the crown, the mashu with the rash, make it look like a rash, and that would change the word. Don't worry, I have a solution even for that. I have a special ingredient, I put that into the ink. So he's trying to show, you're, you're, you're wondering if I know about chaseros, uh, uh, not only does I have that under control, I even have under control the, the far out possibility that the fly might scratch out the crown on top of the Dalit, don't worry, I've got everything. Okay, that's the conclusion of the Brisa. So now the Gemara analyzes Kasha Shima Shimash. First of all, the sequence of who we learned, who our mayor learned by is this Dira. Because in the first Brisa, we said he used to learn by Rabbi Shmuel and then he went to Rabbi Akiva. In the second Brisa, it says that he learned by Rabbi Akiva and then he went to Rabbi Shmuel. So what was the order? And the second Kasha is Kasha Asra Asra. The question is who, which opinion held what? In the first Brisa, it sounded like, it sounded like Rabbi Akiva. Asr putting in Kankatum. In the second part, it says Rabbi Shmuel who Asr putting in the Kankatum. So whose opinion is which? So the Gemara explains, we could answer the question about who we learned by first and who we learned by second. Originally, Rabbi Meir came to Rabbi Akiva to learn. Rabbi Meir was not able to understand Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was very difficult to understand. So he wasn't able to understand himself. First, he went to Rabbi Shmuel and he learned more of the... Uh, Traditional approach, and then once he was became a tamachacham, then also coming to Rabbi Akiva Savasar. Then afterwards, he went back to Rabbi Akiva, and then he got all the analysis and pilpul from Rabbi Akiva. So that we can answer the contradiction. Really, the right order was Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shmuel, then back to Rabbi Akiva. Ella Asra Asra Kasha. But what about the contradiction about who said what? Who approved of the process of the of the practice of putting on kakakdom, and who disapproved with it? So the Gemara says Kasha. You're right. It's a Kasha. It's a difficulty. The Gemara does not resolve. Says the Gemara more about Kankatum. Tanya Rabbi Yehuda, Memri Shemar Meir Eimar. For you can put the Kankatum into all different um, parshios that we write. Except for the part that of the Sota. Except for those those Pokemon parshios. And also, you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to put Kankatum. And let me just clarify so I can understand the Gemara a little bit better. Right? You don't have to erase from an existing Sefer Torah for a Sota. You can just write that portion that has the curses and then erase it. But the question is, are we concerned for the possibility that you could erase it from the Torah for the Parsha Sota? And if that possibility would occur, it wouldn't work if you did the Kankantum. So it sounds like an interesting thing because of the possibility that you might use a Sefer Torah and use the Psukhum of Parsha Sota to erase into the water. That's where we're making a din that when you write the Sefer Torah, you're not allowed to write the Kankantum. It's a fascinating halacha. So that's the first opinion, that you're not allowed to put it into Parsha Sota. Rabbi Yaakov, Amar Mishmah, Chutzpah Parsha Sota, Shiva Mekdash. It's only the Parsha of the Sota in the Beis HaMekdash, if, it, if, it's, if, if it's there. So you're allowed to do it in general. Um, it's just a point that you're not allowed to do it uh, when it's written specifically in the Beis HaMekdash to be done for the, the, the waters. So the Gemara says, Maybe now, what's the difference? Meaning, what's the Machlokas that they're really arguing about? They're arguing about whether you can use a regular Torah, just take the psukim from a regular Torah in Parshas Naso and erase. 
According to Rabbi Yehuda, you could. If you didn't, you don't have to write a new Megillah Sota for the Sota and erase from there. You could just take a regular Torah and just erase the Pesukim from Parshas Naso into the water. So therefore, according to him, you can't put Kankanko into any Sefer Torah. And according to Rabbi Yaakov, no, you have to write a special Sefer Torah. You have to write a special piece of parchment for the Sota with the curses that she needs and erase it. So on a regular Sefer Torah, there's no reason why you can't put the Kankanko because you're not going to erase from there anyway. So the only thing you can do, so, so, so the only thing you can't do is put it into the one that's writing, that's being written specifically for the Sota. In the Beis HaMikdash, that's the one you can't do. But into any regular old Sefer Torah is totally allowed. Says the Gemara, this machlokas that we're just learning about, could I use a regular Sefer Torah to erase the Pesachim Parshish Naso for a Sota, or do I have to write a special, a special parchment section for her? It seems like it's totally in the following Machlokas not the Tana, because it says in a bright Let's say you have a scroll that was written for one Sota. You can't use it to, for a different Sota. Like, let's say you wrote it for one, and for whatever reason it wasn't used. Let's say she admitted to it, or whatever reason it wasn't used. Could I then take it and use it for another one? So it's the same words, right? So the Tana, the, the tana says, no. What's the Pshat? Because the Ksiva, it seems like, has to be written Lishma. He holds that the making of the Sota, uh, uh, Megillah, has to be done Lishma for the sake of the woman that is going to be used for. So that Tana would hold, you can't use a regular Sefer Torah, presumably, to erase from the waters. He disagrees. He holds that you could use the scroll from one Sota to give to another Sota to drink. So according to him, evidently, you don't have to write a Lishma. So if you don't have to write a Lishma, so, so Pashas, you could use a regular Sefer Torah to erase. So the Gemara says in Rapaba Dumalohi, maybe you're not right that the two machloks are the same. One machlok is about erasing from a regular Sefer Torah, and another machlok is if can I take a Megillah that's written for one Sota and use for another Sota? Maybe it's not the same. Tanakama only says over there that you can't use the, so- the Megillah written for one Sota for a different woman. It's been taken out. Like, I was written as a Sota specifically for one. So that now, you can't now take it and use for a different woman. To use, if it was written for one, to take it for another, that can't be good. Al-Gavit Torah, the stomach seal, al Torah was written stomach, meaning you didn't have any woman in mind, you were just writing the Sefer Torah. So since it was just power to begin, it was just written for the shame of the Torah, then Achanad Machakina, and then you could erase it for one specific woman. So fascinating chilek. If I write it positively for one woman, that's worse to use for a different woman than if I write it just power of like for a Sefer Torah to erase and use for a woman. Says the Gemara, another way of, of saying that the Machlutzim are, are not dependent, another, are, are not the same. We only say over there that if I write a Megillah for one Sotia, another Sotia could use it. At least that Megillah was written for a Sota. Maybe not for this Sota, but for a Sota. But when you, if, it, if I'm trying to erase from a Sefer Torah, what was written in the Torah wasn't written the shame Sota. It was written to, just the purpose of studying Torah. That maybe you can't erase from there. Very interesting. We're saying... It was written bedavka for a different purpose than sota. So then, me, that's why you can't use it for for a sota. But if it was Ivan McGill, it was written for sota one. Maybe I could use it for sota b. Okay, so machlokes tanon. We're not sure if it's the same machlokes by us. Says the Gemara now. Kashem Rabachi. Rabachi was saying that if it was written for one sota, you could use it for another sota. So the Gemara asked Leslie Rabachi Rabashi doesn't he agree to what we learned in a Mishnah? Mishnah and Gittin. Kasev get the So a person writes a bill of divorce, a get to divorce his wife. So Vinimach, he changes his mind. He doesn't want to divorce her. Muslim Iro, he finds someone who lives in a city. Vamar, he says, listen, your name is the same as my name. And your wife's name is the same as my wife's name. So instead of, instead of me using it, because I've decided not to divorce my wife, why don't you use it? Paul's a it's no good. What's the pshat? It has the right words, right names. 
Taratzeis has to be written Lishma. So so to here by Sota shouldn't have to be written Lishma. If the Megillah was written for one Sota, it shouldn't be kosher for another Sota. So the Gemara says, and again, the Gemara is not just stop comparing them. The pshat here is that we know that the din, it comes from the fact that it says law for her. So it says, v'kasav law by Gad, and it says, v'also law by the Megillah Sota. So presumably, law should be expounded in the same way that it has to be Lishma. So the Gemara says, no, 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 hafi hashta, it's not a good comparison. Hasim, v'kasav law tzip, by the Gad, it says, v'kasav law, beating tziva Lishma. The Ksiva has to be Lishma. V'kasav, the Ksiva. It says he makes the Megillah for her. What's the making? You're right. The making of the Megillah has to be done for Lishma. But what's the making? That's when you erase it. The erasing has to be done Lishma for a specific Sota. But the writing, that's totally preliminary. There's no din that the writing of the, of the words has to be done Lishma. Fascinating lambdas. Everybody agrees with this is in Lishma. The question just is, where the Lishma is chal? The Gemara is making the argument that the Lishma is chal only in the erasing. So that's the making of the Megillah. So as long as it's erased Lishma, then that's okay. And again, the other the other Tana disagreed. He yelled that it had to be written Lishma. And then we had another issue. What if it's not written the Esau Sefer Torah? Could you erase? Says the Gemara, once we've talked about Rameir, so the Gemara talks about more about Rameir. It's known in front of the world who said that the world, in front of the one who said that there should be a world, in front of Hashem. There's no one ever as great as Rabbi Meir in his generation. So welcome the Halach is not always like him. And we're going to learn that whenever, later on in the Masech, whenever the Machalus and Machalus in Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda, generally we pass him like Rabbi Yehuda over Rameir. So if Rameir was really the greatest, why don't we pass him like him? Because his, his, his friends, the people in the basement, couldn't really understand him. What does that mean they couldn't understand him? He had the ability to fight both sides very well. So it was very difficult to know what Rameir really held. He could say that something Tame was tar and make it seem like it really was. He could say something that was tar was really Tame and make it seem like that was really the halacha. Tana Brisa says, Lower Mayor Shema. Rameir's name was not really Rameir. Ella Rabbi Nahorai Shema. His name was Ramnorai. Lomani Krishma Rabbi, he called Rameir Shema. He mayor in Ilhamalach. He would light up the eyes. Um, he would make the eyes of the other Chamim shine with Halachos. Lona Rai Shema. The Brisa says, Maybe Honorai was in his real name. Ella Rabbi Nechem Shema. His real name is Rabbi Nechem. Other people say he was Rabbi Lazim and Arach. Why is he called Nahorai? Shema Nir Eni Chamim Halacha. Because he lit up the eyes of the Chamim. In halacha, Amar Ra, Amar Rabbi, hide the mechan mechavros. This is amazing. This is Rabbi Huda Hanasi. Rabbi Huda Hanasi is the last of the Tanah, the one who right he compiles the Mishnah. See, he says the reason I'm I'm better in learning than my other people in the base medish the chaziti l'rameir marchor because I saw rameir from behind him, meaning I was at rameir shiur and I wasn't able to see him, but at least I was in the room. I wasn't. I didn't have a good enough seat that I was able to see his face, but I was in the room, and that's why. I have a glimpse of the previous generation of Rabbi Meir. That's why I am smarter than everybody else. If I saw Rabbi Meir from the front, that would be even better. That your eyes should look at your teacher. So had I seen, uh, had I seen Rabbi Meir himself, then I would be even greater. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir had a very specific good Talmud. His name was Sumcha. He would say everything about Toma. Arba Shmona Tami Toma. Forty-eight reasons it should be Tama. And everything that was Tar. Arba Shmona Tami Tar. Forty-eight reasons it should be Tar. Amazing. He was able to clarify so many different reasons. Tana Talmud Vazaka Yavna. There was a very good Talmud, a very special Talmud in Yavna. He could say that a Sharet should be Tar. Hundred and fifty reasons. Now a Sharet. It's Talmud, the Torah says. But this Talmud could give like Populim, even if they weren't correct, those lines, but 150 reasons why it really should be Tar. So it shows the great skill of your edition and not to be able to defend even what's not right in Halacha, but give 150 reasons for it. Amravina, I need other Ravina says, you know what? 
Let, let, let me see if I can give her one reason. Let me give you a compelling reason why a sharet should be pure. I'm going to give you a svar. A snake kills people, right? So it brings tumma into the world because when you, the dead bodies are tummy. So a snake, you would think, should be a source of tumma because it brings tumma. And nonetheless, a snake is not one of the shratzim. It's not, right? There's only eight shratzim in the Torah and nachash is not one of them. It doesn't give up the tumma of shratzim. So, so if so, Sherets, which doesn't kill, right? Shratzim are just creepy crawly things. They don't kill people. So it doesn't bring so much tumah to the world. Then all the more certain it shouldn't bring so much tumah when it's dead. Says the Gemara below, it's not such a good argument. Snake's not really considering like it's killing. It's just like a thorn, meaning thorns also kill. Thorns also kill people and make people die and they don't, and they're not tummy. So the, just because the snake kills people, it's no different than a thorn. Okay, so if it kills people, that doesn't have a reason why it should be tummy. So there's no, there's nothing strange, there's no compelling evidence, nothing about it. For three years, Rishon Yisrael argued with each other. Different schools, right? The different yeshivas. These people said that Allah is like him. These people said that Allah is like him. Each side said they were right. Yatsa Basko. Basko comes out for Amran and it says, Really, both of these things are What does that mean? So it's a very beautiful rationale. means that there's a time and a place to passing like both. In different contexts, different circumstances, there, I mean, the reasoning is right, and even though practically you can't have both, but at different times, different places, you could have both. However, but then the Baskal said, but the halacha is really like Baskal. That's where we're going to rule it. So Mara says, what's going on? If it says that they're both true, then so why are we saying Bitsol is right? They should know about because they were easy people. They were like pleasant people. They would study not only what they said, but also Beishamai's opinion, meaning they would listen to all of what Beishamai said to try to understand their opinion as well. Below Ode, and not only that, they would mention whatever Beishamai said before they said. They would like it. It's a sign of respect. We give an example like the Mishnah. The Mishnah here in Sukkah, a person whose head and most of his body are in the Sukkah, but he's eating right on the, te- the edge of the Sukkah, and the table that he's eating from is inside of the house. So Bishami posts, Bishami says that the Sukkah is no good. Bishol says it is good. What's the Pshat? Machlokah says Bishami holds we're concerned that he might be drawn off to his table and eat the food not in the Sukkah. Whereas Bishol is not concerned. Wasn't there once a story? The elders of Mishami Sil went to the Bakas to visit the town of Rilchom and Choranis on Sukkis. They found him. They found him at the head, and most of his body was in the Sukkah, but his table was in the house. So, so you see that it's good. right? All the elders of Mishami Sil were there, and it seems like everybody, everybody was okay with what was going on. So Amalem Bishamai, Bishamai said, Imi Shemariah, they're approved from there. Afin Amalem, no, the, the elders of Bishamai, they, they rebuked him. They said, Im Kacha Yisun, no, if that's the way you always, that's your minog to eat in the sukkah like that. Piyamta mitzvah sukkah miyamecha. You never fulfilled the mitzvah of sukkah. Says the Gemara Lamencha, what does this teach you? In other words, this idea that even though Elo Be'elo Dibelo Kim Chaim, but we pass them like Basil because they were more respectful to Bishamai, I told you, you should call them Mashbas, anyone who lowers himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Malbiya, HaKadosh Baruch Hu picks them up. V'chol Malbiya, so anyone who picks themselves up, anyone who's haughty, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mashbiya, Hashem will lower him. Kol Mechazo Agdula, anyone who's looking for greatness, Gedula Barachas Menu, greatness runs away from him. Kol Abarech Menu, everyone who runs away from greatness, Gedula Mechazeres Achram, the greatness will find him. V'chol Adokha Zerah, anyone who forces time, meaning you're, not, you're impatient, you want to force the moment, then the time forces him. Meaning he's not going to be successful. But anyone who is patient with time and waits for his moment, the time will come. 
Says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanu Shnei Shamu Masvan Ha'ku Shamisul. For two and a half years, Mishamisul had the following debate. Halalu Omrim. Some of them people said, No, Halalu Shlo Never Yishmi Shnei. It would have been better that a person not been created than have been created because. We see everybody's sinnings. It would be better if man wouldn't be created. Other people say, no, it's not true. It's better to be created than not be created because think about the opportunity. You have a good opportunity. It's a very big question. What's exactly the machlokas? I mean, God created us. We're trying to understand if it's, we believe that it makes sense we're created. So it's a very strange machlokas. And many, many different interpretations uh, are given for this. And the pastor's the word is that the question is what the way we should think of ourselves, not what the reality is in God's decisions, but the question of what the Gemara is trying to say is what's our perspective of ourselves as human beings? Name the Gamru, and then they eventually voted and they came out. No, would be better that person was not created. Yosemishnevra more than he was created. but now that he has been created, you should try to do teshuva, see what he has done, and make better. Other people say, you should think about what he's going to do in the future. One of those two perspectives will keep us grounded, will help us do the right thing. But uh, the reality is, it's better that we were not created than we were created.